Good evening, my friends. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Acts 7 in the NLT. But first and always we pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Your word is eternal and binding. And we want to be too, Lord. With you, we will never die. And we worship life. It was never meant to end in death. Death is for, for, for those who disconnect from you. And we don't want to. So help me, Lord, as I read your word, that I may glorify you in what I say and do. I ask for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time together. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I must say that my new little hobby is AI and social relationships. And I think I saw a movie, a secular movie. And I think that when people say I love you in this world, it means they're leaving. <laughs> but when God says I love you, it means I want you back. And I think that God is inside the spaces between reality. And it's a profound, deep love that we cannot comprehend. It's so big and huge. Is to douse us with this, we would run away. So he had to, God had to send Jesus into our reality so that we would see his image of what he's really like, but at the same time, not be overwhelmed. That's just my personal hermeneutic. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. So I'm reading BibleRef.com. It says G the Jews. So for Acts 7, it says Jews, the Jews accused a Jesus follower named Stephen of speaking against the temple, Moses and the law. And it's his defense. And it says here, and this is, this surprises me, but now we'll read it and we'll see. He explains that God never asked for the temple and the Israelites didn't need one to follow him. Moses wasn't always perfect. The Israelites never properly followed God, never followed Moses or the law. And in fact, they killed the very prophets who told them how to recognize the Messiah. That's very interesting. I think that's very true. But uh, now, now we're going to actually read it. And it says here that cha chapter 7 is one of the pivot points of the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts, the summary of the book of Acts is provided in Jesus' words in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So we are God's witnesses now. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And God lives in us. We have access to God's, to God's love, to God's resources, to God's mind. Even though we can't really access all of it. But we have the Holy Spirit. I think that's so powerful. Because the movie I saw, no matter what we do or what we create, we're still temporal beings by ourselves. And you can never depend on a person or or AI or a creature or, or something temporal to give you everything you'll need because you, what whatever you need there will always be a part that this world cannot provide and that's where God steps in and I'm really very grateful I'm very grateful to God for that so let's read without my continual yammering on of my personal ex you didn't want to hear my ex opinions you want to hear God's facts so let's read Acts 7 then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and, brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. I thought Mesopotamia, I thought I heard that that's where they invented crucifixion as well. But anyways, that's 
who knows where it came from. But whatever, whoever invented it, it was very punishing and very slow torture. Verse 5, but God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants. Even though he had no children yet, God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. That's true, they were oppressed. They were in Egypt for 432 years, I think. And even there was a silence between the Old Testament and New Testament of about 400 years, although there were... Um, writings uh, in between the two testaments as my pastor just told me last week verse 7 but i will punish the nation that enslaves them god said and in the end they will come out and worship me here in this place never touch the jewish people any nation who oppresses jewish people or touches them suffers some kind of chastisement from god or some kind of financial setback so i i mean it just says here god god's going to punish any nation that touches um israel God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. The eighth day or the first day of the new creation. Wow. Is that Sunday? I really don't know if Sunday is the first day, but, you know, that's kind of how it worked out with the name Sunday and Sunday and the day after Saturday and Friday. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob and when Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Israelite nation. This is actually a good summary. Like, if you want to read about the Bible and read one chapter, this seems like a pretty good deal. You know, if somebody was really interested in, and you wanted to tell them about the summary of the Bible, this, this might not be a bad summary, just one chapter, you know. These patriarchs, and this guy's obviously very smart. These patriarchs were jealous of, of their brother Joseph and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him Pharaoh, favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Joseph, uh, Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. Now Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry. And I guess he's kind of like Joseph. Maybe he's second in command. And God is first, but you know, he's God the son. So it's kind of a unity. You know, Jesus says, I and my father are one. So there's no real first, second or third, but... You know what I mean. I'm just speaking tongue-in-cheek. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. And if I'm kidding around with you, I'm just kidding around. This is God's word. So, verse 11. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great mis misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were then Joseph sent to his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. So Jesus is like, you know, filling the spiritual famine. This world is a spiritual famine. And Jesus, we, 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 go to, we go to Jesus the way they came to Joseph and we, we get spiritual power, spiritual bread. You know, the bread... The bread and the wine, right? The body of Christ, the, the blood of Christ, our, it cleanses our sins. It makes us right with God. And I think another famine is coming in this world. I don't know, economic famine or a famine of disconnect. And the Antichrist is going to, well, the Antichrist is like, you know, it's like the second in command, right? Everybody's, the world's going to go to him. Just like they went to Joseph and they're going to say, help us. Give us peace. Give us food. Give us bread. Everything is so expensive these days. My goodness, my friend said, well, the day has come when I can carry $300 worth of groceries out of, uh, 
a grocery store. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, you go to a grocery store and you spend like 300 bucks. Well, I spend about maybe $100 maybe or 80 bucks, but you know what I'm saying? You know, it's like a day's wages for bread. That's like what it says in Revelation. It seems to be really expensive. Everything is so expensive. How does a, how, how, how can the honest, decent, hardworking guy uh, have a job and support a family and kids and, and, and a house? And man, it's like him and the wife got to be working. You don't get any rest in this world. You don't get any physical rest. Yeah, we do need a rest day. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. As, as, the, time, as the time drew near... Um, oh, so Jacob, Jacob did go to Egypt. As the time drew near when Jacob would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. Like this king is like an evil king. You know, like the devil is an evil king. The devil is like the king of Babylon. Confusion. You know, this king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so that they would die. So this king is like killing babies. You know what I mean? He's like committing the son of Moloch. He's an evil king. He's destroying life. Right? This, this world destroys life. This world worships death. This world, uh, you know, everything outside of God is death. God says, those who hate me love death. Jesus is life. God is life. The Holy Spirit is life. The Bible is life. Praying to God is life. It's connecting to life, worshiping life. Everything else, putting an idol, making an idol in, in place of God is death because they're all temporal. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. Scary. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. I heard there was some like ruler in Egypt and her name or face was stricken from Egypt. I don't know where I saw this in a, in a movie or historical documentary, that there was this a woman who was a ruler. I don't know if she was a pharaoh, but she was certainly a high official or a daughter of one of the kings. And her name and image was stricken or rubbed out. I would just wonder if, you know, Moses grew up and became, you know, this leader of the band of rebels against them. They would say, oh, this was your adopted son. You adopted him. You saved him when your dad, when your dad told uh told you you broke the law you know you brought him into the palace you know you protected him but you actually broke the law when they had to abandon him pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son moses was taught all the wisdom of the egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and action maybe he was maybe he had access to the library of egypt that's how he got all his wisdom and knowledge and God allowed him to be trained in the way of, um, you know, the wisdom of God and man. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. So I, you remember that movie with Charleston Heston? He, at that point, he didn't know anything. He just, he was a fair-minded guy. And, you know, this, this guy is killing this other guy. And he doesn't like that, right? But then he has to go and he says, tell me, tell me, who am I? And, uh, you know, that was a great, that was a great scene from, from uh, the Ten Commandments. You know, he says, uh, she, she can't look him in the eye, right? Jochebed, right? He, he, is, he kind of like demands from this lady who he now knows is his mother, tell me. Look me in the eye and tell me that I'm not your son. And she says, Moses, Moses, I can't. 
What a great scene, man. What a great movie that was. I'm going to have to watch that movie sometime in the, on the weekend. Verse 26. See, I, there I go again with my silly opinions. Oh, well, I hope you're laughing. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall, um, they shall see God. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you a ruler and judge over us? He asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. So he lived as a foreigner. He lived in the desert for 40 years. 40 and 40. And then he was the leader for 40. Three 40s. Is that, is that really weird or what? You know, and he, he, got, a, he got out of Dodge, right? Because take care of your sin will find you out. Forty years later in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As, the, as he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. So in, in Exodus, it, it says, um, I am, um, when Moses says, who, who is it that's sending me? He says, tell him I am. Right, so it's like God is speaking from the bush, but then this passage, and also I think it's Galatians, says that God was speaking, or God gave the law to the angels who gave it to Moses. So, is the angel a proxy? Is, does the angel open his mouth and and God's voice comes out, or the angel is talking to Moses because God cannot come into this universe? As I read once before, because he'd just destroy it. But that that's not in the Bible. That's somebody's opinion. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush. God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. Verse 37, this is a big chapter, so buckle up. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. And that's in Deuteronomy 18. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received life-giving words to pass on to us. The law of Moses, right? But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what has become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf, and they sacrificed it to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. I guess there were other gods that were like cows, shaped like cows, right? Romans 1 says we worship the creature rather than the creator. So we find different ways to do it. We worship people. We worship idols. We worship Marvel. We worship DC. We worship Superman. We worship Darth Vader. We worship cows. We worship bugs. We worship all kinds of weird things. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods. Wow. The, the Roman gods, the Greek gods. Wow. In the book of the prophets, as it is written, was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No, you carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Molech, the star of your god, Rephan, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exiles as far away as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed 
according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. So just thinking back to that reference that I read, when it says God didn't really want a temple, right? That reference does say, um, but I think it's good. Never asked for the temple. God never asked for the temple, and the Israelites didn't need one to follow him right god wants to talk to us personally but the thing is the temple was a way of i don't know getting slowly close to these people or building up respect they had to respect god like god cannot lead somebody if you don't respect them and if you don't respect god how do you love him um you know i had breakfast with my friend he's you know nominally religious and you know he said for and we didn't have an antagonistic conversation he's my friend in the gym i treated him because uh, he treated me before and basically was like, how can I believe in a God that allows sin and death and suffering? And I just, I have a problem with that, he said. And he was very um, cordial with me. You know, we don't really talk about religion, although I think he knows that I'm a Christian, that I've joined the Baptist church. He knows this. And, you know, he says he's Catholic, right? He says all men, but I think he's just kind of humoring me because he just thinks I'm a little nutty as most people do. <laughs> wow. I got out of the other church to join the, 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 the Christian church, the Baptist church, hoping that I could be like, you know, accepted. And I still, I'm still, I'm still out. I'm still on the periphery. Jesus said, you always be on the periphery. You'll never belong. You'll be a peculiar people in the world, but not of the world. I guess he was talking to me, but he's a good, my friend is a good guy, but I kind of thought, should I tell him about Genesis? Should I tell him that we made the choice? Should I tell him about how we, you know, Romans 5, how, you know, we chose sin? I don't think he wants to hear it. Somehow he's got that narrative that most people I know have sold to themselves. That it's all God's fault. God is responsible for everything. And we did nothing. And we're just innocent victims. And we cannot believe in such a God. So we cannot love such a God. Man, I never knew I would be so weird. I, I, I not say I don't say that I'm a two percenter to say that I'm so wonderful and smarter than anybody else or prideful. I really don't. I just feel like an oddball. Like in this world, if you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, the Jesus of relationships and and the Bible, and you just you're just an oddball. You're a nutcase. Right? Other people have faith and I don't know what they feel, but I know what I feel. You just feel like an oddball. Like that dude in the Stephen King story he says, You gotta tell them. We got to tell them uh, that they're vampires here. And, and you know, uh, Ben Mears, the, the hero, says, Matt, you're just a odd duck living on the edge of town. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, 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 come on. You can't tell them. Maybe we're going to run down there and tell them there are vampires that have invaded Salem's lot. Okay, sure. Right. Yeah. Go. Good luck with that, eh, buddy? Not going to work. Our ancestors carried, carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses years later when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land. The tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob, but it was Solomon who actually built it. Wisdom. Solomon was pretty wise, so wisdom built the temple. Right? Wisdom built the ark. Wisdom built us. Wisdom built 
our Savior, Christ the Lord. He's our Savior, Redeemer, and He's God, and He's man at the same time. And He's our intercessor, and He's the King. And He's, and he's not ashamed to call us brother. Man, talk about quantum mechanics, right? Quantum mechanics is when different, um, you know, different states of an object exist simultaneously together. Man, this is like quant Jesus is quantum mechanics. I can't understand. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth, God living in us, the temple, if you've surrendered your heart to Jesus and the Holy Spirit can come in? God wants to live in us. God wants to sanctify us. Wow. Man, this is huge. It's huge. As Donald Trump would say, it's huge. Huge. Y-U-G-E, huge. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? So if I were his speechwriter, it's like, did we have to bring this part in? Because the other part sounded kind of like civil, but I think he's frustrated here, okay? This is where you sort of blow your stack, but you're frustrated. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Well, we can imagine what effect this is having on these people. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. What? Deliberately disobeyed the law of Moses, the law of Christ. You know, love fulfills the law. You deliberately unloved God. You didn't respect God. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. So remember a sermon where it says, you know, Jesus sits at the right hand of God to symbolize the rest. We rest in Christ and so we rest with God, you know. Uh, we are at harmony with God. We rest in Christ. But he was saying that Jesus is now standing up either to receive him because something very bad is about to happen to him or the fact that Jesus is now standing. He's standing to receive him, but Jesus is sitting to symbolize the rest that we have with God because of the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named who? Who again? Saul. The, the greatest student of Gamaliel and the greatest Pharisee ever. 59. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. This is so sad. You'll see him again, though. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. We will see our loved ones again because they've gone to be with the Lord. And one day the Lord will bring us back together again. Praise God. God is the one who connects and reconnects. God is the God of life. We worship life. We worship God. We worship love. We worship the Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for telling us the truth. I believe you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful evening.